fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to India's first and only Freemasonic podcast, The Ashlers, a unique podcast that is hosted by Masons aiming to share information and the timeless wisdom around Freemasonry with the rest of the world, thus sharing the light of Masonry far and wide. As a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions shared by the hosts and participants on the Ashlers is solely their own and thus do not represent any official positions or proclamations of any Grand Lords thereof. Be assured that best efforts have been made to keep the conversations and presentations on the level for brethren and non-Masons alike. Hello and welcome folks to yet another episode of The Ashlers. So before we begin, a very, very happy new year to each and every one of our listeners and viewers on uh, YouTube. Uh, if you don't know, we are on YouTube as well and we keep releasing uh, some episodes bi-weekly or sometimes tri-weekly. Uh, so yeah, we do have a YouTube presence as well now. So new beginnings for the new year, I guess. So the first <laughs> the first episode of the Astor's audio podcast at least is going to be interesting we are going to be talking about something that i'm sure a lot of non masons would find uh, to be very intriguing and one way or the other i'm sure you would have even heard about that we are going to be talking about the origin of the ritual now we have a very special guest with us but let me not steal ridesh's thunder on that and i'll hand it over to ridesh to introduce our author. Rinesh, over to you. Hey, thanks a lot, Shishir. Uh, once again, Happy New Year to each and every listeners of us. Uh, from wherever you are, I know we are already like, what, 10-15 days later of January, but doesn't matter. The entire month of January, I'm going to wish everyone Happy New Year because I'm hoping I'm meeting everyone at least once this month. And if I'm not meeting you uh, in January, I'm, I'm meeting you in February, I'm still going to wish you because, well, it's still New Year. It is still a bright beginning. It is still something which we all hoping for a better future. Well, with that, now coming back to the point which uh, Shishir mentioned, the paper is all about the origin of the ritual. But more than that, the interesting part is the person who wrote it. And he's a very dear friend of mine. I actually came to know about him, obviously, through WhatsApp chat in our uh, local Masonic group when we were just talking. And suddenly somebody told me that there is a movie which is being played on TV and you should see this. And I was like, which movie is this? And they said this is a Kannada movie called Atagara. Um, I will obviously uh, don't know much about Kannada. I, I was picking bits and pieces of it and I was hoping that there are some subtitles there, which luckily it was. And I was catching on that. And I really enjoyed the movie. And then I was like, okay, who's who, who's the person? Like everybody told me to watch the movie because this is by a Mason. And I was like, wow, who's it? The director, the producer, the actor, who is it? And then I came to know, what is it that I really enjoyed in the movie? It was the story. And the person who wrote the story, who actually wrote it for the screen, the screenwriter, was none other than my dear friend, Kannan Parmeshwaran. And it was a delight, obviously, to watch the movie. And I was looking forward to meeting him and telling him in person that how interesting the movie was, how it actually made me just sit 
at the edge of my seat and try to understand wow this is happening something which is going on and there's there were a lot of stuff and and for those who don't know about this movie please if you are able to catch it in any of the ott platform please do uh this this had chiranjeevi sarja uh acting in that with meghna raj parul yadav and anant nag so it, it, beautiful acting by each and every one of them but as i said the interesting part was the story and i got the opportunity to meet kannan when he took over the helm of mastership the worship, be, became the worshipful master of the lodge of his lodge which was lodge sadan brotherhood number no. 3311 now many of you would have been listening to us nobody actually have gone to this number like 3311 well the interesting part is this is an english lodge in bangalore lodge sadan brotherhood no, number 3311 comes under the district grand lodge of madras which is part of the united grand lodge of england and is the only english lodge in bangalore so guests and uh, folks or masons who are actually ever interested in attending one of their meetings please do reach out and let us know and we will share more details of you so that you can actually see the emulation ritual the actual ritual and that is you know why the interesting part shishir for me was Kannan is part of an English lodge which obviously has the whole emulation aspect mentioned in that and emulation is where most of our rituals the ones which at least my lodge follows comes from uh, i know your lodge uh, she said your lodge is still the uh, has the scottish background to it even though today english uh, grand lodge of india the rituals which we follow there is part of the emulation but still getting to know from the horse's mouth is actually an interesting part and this is where i would like to bring Worshipful brother Kannan Parmeshwaran to the helm and ask him to please just say hi to our listeners. A uh, very happy new year to all of you who are listening to us. Now uh, I must say that it is quite an honor and a privilege to be here on this uh, podcast with uh, Shishir and uh, Rinesh. Uh, Worshipful brother Rinesh is somebody whom I've always looked up to for the. depth and the width of his knowledge about freemasonry uh, possibly one of the most erudite masons i have come across and uh, it is indeed a pleasure and a privilege to be here uh, i uh, uh, have uh, uh, been uh, hearing about uh, the ashlars and i have listened to a few of the podcasts and i found it very very interesting and i must say kudos to uh, brothers sishir and dinesh for uh, uh, taking the time out for uh, you know putting in the effort uh, to keep masonic education which is such an important part of our masonic lives going through these series of podcasts i look forward to uh, the ones to come in the days that are ahead and i wish them all the very very best and without further ado let me hand it back to renesh and shishir Thanks, thanks a lot, uh, Kanan, for this. Uh, Shishir, let's dive into the paper. Sure, Rinesh and uh, brother. Thank you so much for those kind words. Definitely encouraging, no doubt. Uh, now, just before I get into the paper, there is one small little uh, sneak preview I want to give uh, to our listeners. Now, uh, guys, you have been listening to our podcast, and you know we have a very familiar pattern, right? However, on and off, we think of you know rocking the boat or spicing things up by doing something different at times. That is what keeps the momentum going and keeps people interested as well, right? So, Rinesh and I are bringing one new little initiative called the Reading Room. 
Now, if you're wondering what that is, I'll have to ask you to wait a little bit. <laughs> this is exciting. Nevertheless, wait till the end and I'll elaborate a little more. I'm sure you're gonna enjoy what that is gonna be and it'll keep you excited. Rinesh, you wanna add anything before you jump in? No, I think the word reading room itself makes it very interesting. I, You know, when we both decided on those points, we were like wondering, should we open up a library and allow everybody to come together? But considering that it is not that easy, we will think of a very different style. So, well, as as uh, Shishir mentioned, we will delve into that little later in the episode. As of now, just stay tuned. Perfect. So, uh, Rinish, I think uh, here is where you'll have to pitch in and understand what inspired or what was that spark that got this paper through. Go ahead, man. So... Worshipful Brother Kanan, obviously I got the opportunity of reading the paper, understanding what you are trying to explain. But most important point, right? When somebody talks about writing papers or writing something, people always get a bit of a jitters. Like they're like, ooh, writing. When like I have to think so much, I have to do so much. But that is where the whole spark happens. And we would like to understand what gave you that inspiration to write a paper, which was just the origin of the ritual. And uh, listeners, obviously, you will understand when we go through this episode, what are the various facets of the paper which are available? What are the things which Worshipful Brother Kanan wants to add into that? But the idea is to understand that spark, to understand that moment when Kanan thought, you know what, let me just start writing something about this. Why was that? And how did it come into place? Thank you, uh, Worshipful Brother Dinesh. Uh, uh, see the... Uh, thing is all of us are exposed to ritual irrespective of what faith we profess from our earliest childhood we are all exposed to some kind of ritual uh, be it uh, puja or a prayer meeting or uh, you know uh, be it going to the temple or be it going on a pilgrimage to some uh, place of religious importance we are all raised in a, uh, on a bed of rituals. And I have always wondered, why is it that uh, humans uh, place such importance, such emphasis on rituals? That is something that is always intrigued. The second question that came to me was, uh, why is it that the animals around us, how come they do not follow rituals? What separates us uh, human beings from the rest of the species on the planet? Why are we the only species that uh, actually practices or professes rituals? And there was another question, is that also true? Are there animals who profess rituals by any chance? So that uh, I, I actually wanted to understand this. The other aspect of this is the second part of the paper where when I joined Freemasonry, this is the only organization where we place such emphasis on our ritual. Unlike the other charitable organizations, uh, which are, you know, maybe more numerous uh, in terms of their membership, but uh, none of them really uh, place such importance or emphasis on uh, carrying out what we do inside the temple. So these were questions that intrigued me and that's what pushed me to uh, write this paper. Thank you, brother. And, you know, it's interesting how the inspiration behind a simple question as to 
what is a ritual or do animals have rituals you know it's it's quite uh what to say it seems like a simple question in some words it might also seem to be an off uh, you know off kind of a question like who would think about it like this or why would someone think about it but then like you rightly mentioned freemasonry is one organization or a fraternity where so much emphasis is given to ritual now i'm sure our listeners especially people who are not masons would be wondering or thinking that yes i know what these people are talking about they have rituals and what not well what if i told you that knowingly or unknowingly even you follow a ritual of your own maybe you're not thought about it that way but actually pretty much every human follows a ritual of their own you could call it a daily routine now one simple example when you wake up in the morning what are the first 3 4 5 6 things that you do right and maybe you're doing it consistently day in day out it is like so instinctive by now that you could probably do it with your eyes closed i mean i don't need to keep my eyes open to brush my teeth now right so that itself is kind of like a ritual let me go in a professional direction now now those people who are into project management uh, or into agile for example you would have heard something called scrum ceremonies why the hell is it called scrum ceremonies it's not like someone lights a candle says on speech there's a you know a dance or something that happens to you know start off or kick off the meeting or something no but it's called a ceremony because it is a structured time boxed way to do something to organize your efforts to achieve a certain goal right so you know i hope this sort of resonates with most of the people i thought i'll draw a parallel which is more relatable but yeah if there is something that maybe you would like to give us an example definitely write to us our email is in the show notes uh with that i think it's high time we got into the paper and we start discussing so for that i'll hand it over to rinesh over to you man the interesting part in the paper which i actually found out was the way uh kannan was actually trying to explain us the difference between what animals are doing and what we are doing like I I know he has written one and I'm reading it from the paper itself. Chimpanzees can warn other chimpanzees in the forest about the presence of a tiger with a call. Like which actually literally might mean for us obviously it will be like some gibberish but for them it is like watch out tiger nearby or careful python around. Now they are able to communicate that. Now how are we different? Now and I I really like this line which he says a parrot can say anything that Einstein said. but what does it mean it does it mean that they both are smart there's a vast array of difference like the way what einstein would have been saying or what a parrot does or what parrot is able to mimic how exactly are we different animal work animals obviously work in groups and so do we like how is our group different is what he is actually trying to portray and in that the most interesting bit which he actually mentions is the ability to gossip I I really enjoyed this and Kanan I would like to ask you like how did this small point come to you I know there are many interesting points but this point right like when I read it I just made me like stop and think ability to gossip wow never thought about that like I know we do but it's very different from the way it was written Kanan if you could just share shed some light into that one Sure. Uh, thanks, Dinesh. Uh, see, I am a, a great fan of uh, this writer called uh, Yuval Noah Harari. Uh, he uh, is somebody who has uh, taken a complete relook at uh, the way 
humans and other species on the planet evolved. One of the uh, interesting things that he had to say, which is maybe not very pertinent here, is, uh, but I will still tell you because to give you an insight into the way he thinks, is that we uh, did not domesticate plants. Uh, plants domesticated us, agriculture domesticated us. So we yes. think that we are the ones who, you know, planted it here, I have put it here, I have tamed this plant. It's not that way. The plant tamed the wild hunter-gatherer and made him settle down in one place and look after it. So Yuval Noah Harari is a, a brilliant thinker. And he is uh, uh, somebody who looked at uh, relationships in groups. For instance, he says that if there is a group of about 50, it is easy for you to cooperate provided you have language and you are all talking to each other and you all know each other, you can trust each other and you can cooperate. But uh, when the group goes above 50, you don't know, you know the other people in the group. It is not possible for you to uh, figure out what A, B or C is doing. And therefore, the only way for you to figure out if you're safe or if you're in the right group is to gather information. And that information comes through gossip. Hey, you know what that guy does at night? He goes out and uh, he has four drinks and he comes back every night. You know where that guy, that is that guy's girlfriend, whatever. So you gather this information about the other people in the group. And that is how the social fabric of that uh, group so, you know, gets knit together. That's how it stays together when the groups grow larger. Even then, he says, when you get to uh, being a group above 150, it's very difficult to manage, which is why family businesses, which grow beyond a certain point, are unable to uh, use the same management systems they used earlier to uh, run the company. So the group dynamics change and gossip is what keeps uh, these smaller groups tightly knit. Wow. And... and I also remember that this is one point which I read in uh, the paper. What makes us truly unique is not our ability to transmit information about things and places and each other, but rather our ability to transmit information about things that doesn't exist at all. And that is what kind of brings all of us together. And this is this is exactly what you mentioned, right? Like only we imagine things now we do so collectively also and just imagine bringing all of these things together and ensuring it is there in a piece of paper or writing a story about it and everybody going like crazy about that point or trying to follow those things that's i i think you mentioned this this is imagined reality but and right. it is not a lie like these are things that everyone believes in and as long as that com the common belief exists right it is a force in the world. Otherwise, as I think you have also mentioned this, and I really enjoyed this uh, uh, explanation, this analogy which he has done. Of, you can wake up and believe in six impossible things before breakfast. <laughs> you, you, and we actually do that. But you can never convince a monkey to give you a banana by promising him countless bananas after that. And that too in monkey heaven. You cannot. You, you cannot do that. We are able to follow something and we some we kind of do that. It's superb. I must admit, uh, brother, that your examples, you know, are are quirky, but so relatable. I mean, it's it's something I could completely understand. I mean, how can you convince a monkey saying that you give me this banana, but once you die, my God, you will have an entire forest of bananas with you. 
monkeys is if he could speak to us he'll be like get lost man <laughs> you know but even then as humans we get up and a lot of people i've heard also say this uh, thank you so much god for you know giving me a new day but uh, is it god that gave you that new day or was it the devil preparing you for something else who knows and you know it just comes into those complex things that we actually believe in is a belief to think that okay i got up today it's a gift and i should use it for good or bad or whatever right so now with that being said i think there are two paragraphs i would like to read verbatim and it it's really you know just pay attention as i read this <clears throat> what these imagined realities do these stories by which we lead our lives is that they transform our social structure the nature of our interpersonal relationships our economic activities and all our other behavior rituals in the form of a symbolic enactment of an imagined reality or as a means to reinforce a common belief are what stitches together the fabric of a small grouping or a large commune or the entire social structure itself rituals help us to come together and reaffirm our belief in a common shared story a moral code of conduct and to communicate it to new members of the tribe or brotherhood such as we freemasons are now in closing i'll just draw another parallel here now those working in a business who might probably have their own business or who are working in corporate jobs or even government jobs it doesn't matter you can see these paragraphs especially the last one that i mentioned in action just imagine now we are talking about recession hitting the markets and you know a lot of companies are laying off jobs and what not at the same time there are a lot of cost cutting measures being done a lot of corporate restructuring that is happening a lot of teams moving here and there but properly the proper way to manage this is to first and foremost put out a communication which says hey we are going to do this and here are the different reasons and this is what the benefit would be we are trying to develop a shared belief to achieve a common goal right so think of it in that way it's again a ritualistic thing something done in a very systematic manner achieving a common goal now with that there's a second part of this paper which is equally interesting and i'm sure most of the listeners would be interested to uh, get the grips on that too so for that ranish back to you coming to the second part which is the masonic ritual now the same way as shishir mentioned which what we do in our daily life what we do in our work that's how masons also are, are like we do come together that's what the meeting actually is all about so the meeting has two segments to it and let me just give this a brief and i might have covered this in one of our previous episodes as well now there are two portions to these meetings one is the business portion which is literally like any other organization which comes together maybe it's your hobby club maybe it's uh, the the guys coming together for a comic book club whatever that things are what do we do we, there is a small segment which is the business portion which is okay what about new members joining in what about existing members uh, not able to help or not able to do certain things what are there certain issues which is going on what about certain important announcements coming from the grand lodge of uh, the respective country or the district or the provincial or the respective region those are the administrative related information including paying bills understanding what is the future where exactly are we going uh, are there some things which needs to be done in the building those are and then comes the interesting part which is when a person joins there is a certain things presented to that person in a form of uh, 
I should say like a two-way kind of a play or a kind of an interaction or a dialogue which is delivered to that person. Now that is what we concentrate, or rather, what I should say that is what we call the ritual all about. Now this ritual was prepared obviously many many years ago. Uh, as we all know, Freemasonry, the organized Freemasonry in in uh, this world is almost all already around what 300 odd years old because. 1717 is the first time four lodges came together and called themselves saying that okay we'll form a grand lodge which will do certain things take care of lodges and help them and so many other stuff so obviously masonry was there before that and there were certain portions being read being followed being presented being explained all that was part of the ritual and that is how it comes but what is it where did it come from why did it come and all those points are something which brother kanan has beautifully explained and i would like you guys to listen to what brother kanan wants to actually explain in the paper so brother kanan over to you thank you uh, brother dinesh uh, uh, in terms of uh, masonry and where it began uh, if you ask a mason himself uh, where does uh, your journey begin uh, some masons might say from the times of king solomon some masons might uh, put it at uh, some other instance in recorded history but uh, you know all this is speculation some might uh, ascribe it to the templar knights who uh, in the uh, uh, 12th century were uh, you know uh, exterminated wiped out by uh, the french royalty so all this is pure speculation what we do know what we really do know which is documented is that in 1356 there were a bunch of uh, uh, masons uh, in london who went before the mayor and the aldermen and sought permission to form some kind of a trade guild the next thing we know is that in 1390 uh there is a, a, a scrap of masonic ritual that is survived now these scraps that i am referring to are called the old manuscript charges of freemasonry these are scraps of uh, masonic ritual on bits of paper bits of vellum which have survived from uh, 1390 till about the late uh, 17th century now these give us a great insight into how masonry started and how the degrees were formed now uh, whether you're a mason or a non mason you will know that masonry is divided into a certain number of degrees and the oldest manuscript that survives is called the regis manuscript and that manuscript is dated 1390 and this regis manuscript gives evidence of only one degree in freemasonry later as we look at other scraps from the old charges we come across uh, this degree being slowly refined you know things evolve as time progresses and you see evidence of two degrees and then later three degrees and then later what is called the holy royal arch which was appended much later on which culminates our mason journeys so we have evidence of masonry from recorded written evidence of masonry from 1356 when the uh, trade guilds were formed 
right down up to now now uh, these lodges were probably formed because you had many uh, uh, let's say uh, you had many of the royals you had many of the uh, nobility in those days building castles cathedrals all over the english irish scottish european countryside and these were masons probably the foremost engineers of their time the most learned men of their time because at that time you didn't have the computer engineers or the electronic engineers what have you these civil engineers were the ones who were learned in most of the crafts rhetoric grammar geometry math what have you so these were probably the uh, guys at the cutting edge and these guys needed to form themselves into some kind of organization they needed to govern themselves they needed self government and i guess masonry and the way these rituals evolved were that form of self government and that is what the old manuscripts of freemasonry show us brother kanan you did a, a wondrous or what do you call a wonderful job of explaining where it started where it went and uh, i think shishir we both have also covered this small bits obviously not in this style but uh, in, in a different style in some with some similarity of where it all started from yeah. where it all started from like trade guilds but we never thought, actually if i'm not wrong we never spoke about the ritual portion we only spoke about how freemasonry as an organization came like who wrote these stories and books and by the way uh, for all the listeners and especially the ones who know the story right nowhere does it mention that these are true stories these stories are actually given to us or rather have been presented to us so that we understand the importance or the underlying aspect of that story see the the, the message is more important than how the package is the package can actually have a lot of pomp lot of splendor a lot of things in that and there are times when we it it might not actually hold uh, what do you call that significant but the message or rather the understanding is what matters more into this whole ritual portion so when we stand in front of a new guy who is joining us and we explain certain things to him in a very story format it kind of reminds me how parables were actually said during the old new testament time like why was parable so important why couldn't there be a straightforward guideline that thou shall not commit murder or let's not have greed or ego in that the parable was able to touch our hearts better than just one statement saying do not do this very well put uh, renesh and i think my takeaway you know from this paper is also pretty straightforward that in life structure is important now as much as one would say that hey i don't like to plan too far ahead and what not well to be honest having at least some semblance of a structure helps you plan things better to actually enjoy things better for a change once in a while it's okay to be a little unplanned a little uh, in the moment <laughs> one would say but then again having a definite plan and a certain way to do it is what drives efficiency drives satisfaction and above all helps you achieve your goals so all in all brother while renesh and myself have you know sort of spoken about this from our perspective uh brother kanan i would request if you could give your perspective as an author that what do you think uh a reader could or should take away from this in essence that is a complicated question <laughs> 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 let me understand 
yeah, let me do my best to answer that. See, uh, what I take away, I will tell you because when I joined Masonry, I was wondering why this emphasis on ritual. That's where we began this podcast. For me, the takeaway is that the ritual gives me a code, a moral code, an ethical code by which to live my life. It teaches me my relationship to my brother, my obligations to him, my brother, my neighbor, my God. So these rituals, I think, are extremely uh, uh, important. They define what Freemasonry is. This is what separates Freemasonry from the other charitable organizations that you could be part of. We are the only fraternity. There is no other fraternity that I know of that follows these codes. So for me, the ritual is taking a good man, making him better, teaching him his obligations and explaining to the new brother or the new initiate that have some patience. Soon, all will be revealed to you. There is a reason the ritual is there. There is a reason we are living within an imagined reality. There is a reason why we all share this story, the story which is so important to all of us. Uh, it will soon be revealed to you and uh, it will make you a better man. So that was my takeaway. I think beautifully mentioned, uh, Brother Kanan. This was, uh, see, the idea, listeners to all of you as well, the idea is not to what should I say, force you to understand what the paper says. Our idea is to present our views and that will actually help two things. That will give us two things, right? One, somebody would come up and say, Junesh, wow, I really enjoyed the way you explained it and it kind of helped me in understanding it. Good, that's one point. Second, there might be a chance that somebody can come up and say, you know what, I feel there are some more layers to it and can you think about it? So that's the dialogue which is what, and that is exactly what Brother Kanan mentioned right at the beginning of the paper, that gossip, right? That dialogue is what makes us all like come together for it. That's beautiful. Or else there is somebody who's going to come up and say, Rinesh, I think it's all hogwash and I think you are doing something else. You're going in the wrong direction. We are still open to that because this is what this ritual taught us or this is what our organization taught us. Like I can disagree with anyone in front of me without having to hold a scholar and like like push him and tell him, no, I don't care what you're thinking. I would like to do this or what my way is the right way or other way is the highway. Nothing of that sort. Great. So I think with that, we come to a close to today's podcast and uh, Rinesh, would you want to give the word of thanks go for it thank you very much uh, worshipful brother kanan parmeshwaran for coming here for spending your sunday morning with us <laughs> that too on our festival day today being sankranti and uh, it, it it was uh, we enjoyed reading the paper because it kind of brings us to that whole moment wherein we kind of get like happy like oh wow this is where our humble beginnings are this is what we did that that's what the beautiful part about this paper is and i would like to request the listeners if you are please interested in reading this paper please do reach out to us we will share the paper with you or use it as part of a reading material in your own lodge or into sharing with others who would be interested in knowing what exactly these things are uh, our aim is to spread the joy of Freemasonry with everybody. Uh, as one of my mentor always tell, tells me that the most important point about Freemasonry is enjoying Freemasonry. So let's do that. And that is exactly why three of us today on a Sunday morning are actually to, sitting together to talk to or rather to spread that information. And that is what all these things is all about. Uh, so very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Worshipper Brother Kanan, for giving us this insight. And uh, 
over to you if you would like to have some last few words thank you so much for having had me here like uh, you said sunday bunke it really doesn't matter <laughs> for all of us freemasonry is something that we enjoy freemasonry is something that we uh, you know look forward to so it has been uh, wonderful having this chat with all of you uh, before i sign off i just want to uh, now seed one thought uh, into the heads of the minds of the listeners yeah. uh, i was reading about cooperation between species between animals we know that chimpanzees cooperate there is a, a colony of there is a species of ants somewhere in africa i forget both the name of the species and the place but what is very interesting is that these ants live in the desert and every night they have to the entire colony has to get into an underground labyrinth where they all live because if they stay outside in the desert a they are picked up by predators and two the cold uh, both kill them so the colony cannot survive overnight so they all migrate underground and when the last of the ants has gone in the very last ant who's left behind what this ant does is it seals the entrance to the underground uh, maze or labyrinth and uh, this ant gets left behind outside in the cold and exposed to predators and faces certain death so it's a kind of ritual suicide that this last ant commits in that uh, colony so this ant is sacrificing itself for the uh, uh, for the safety for the survival of the entire ant community now we cannot get into this ant's head but i'm pretty sure this ant is not thinking something abstract it is doing something which is coded into its dna to help the colony survive we are not doing something like that we are consciously working out uh, we are consciously developing these stories in order to help us meet a certain objective a shared objective an objective of in the case of freemasonry brotherhood and that we are constantly working on these to make our lives uh, uh, better to make us lead our lives better it, that is what amazes me and that is what uh, you know uh, that is why freemasonry means so much to me so thank you for having me here i loved sharing this with you and i look forward to hearing from others to see if they have any other uh, point of view thank you wow thank you so much brother another perfect example <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful uh, yeah rinesh any closing thoughts from your end no no i think i i don't want to do anything else apart from what uh, uh my friend brother kanan has done so over to you shishir you can uh, close do the do the do the honors of closing so i'll i'll do the thing what the last ant was doing of course without sacrificing myself and i'm going to close this episode so <laughs> so folks thank you so much for listening to us and thank you again brother kanan for taking the time and coming on our show it's it's a privilege i would say 
to be able to hear straight from an author as to what they think what is their thought process what is their inspiration and listeners i i hope you appreciate this little effort from our side to be able to get you that first hand perspective we would love to do more of these so if there are any more brethren it does not matter where you're from if you're in if you're a mason in india and you have a paper you would love to you know talk about our email is there in the show notes please write us an email if you know myself or rinesh i don't know about me but i'm sure a lot of people will know rinesh so definitely give us a ring uh, whatsapp us whatever it is get in touch and we would love to you know have you featured it's wisdom that is shared across to the masses which lights more and more minds inspires more and more people to ultimately achieve the goal of freemasonry that is making good men better and if you want to get even better come join masonry if you want to know more about that season 1 episode 1 and 2 are what i would advise you to listen it should answer most of your questions about masonry now with that let me end on the sneak preview i spoke about uh, a new initiative that rinesh and myself are planning right called the reading room well the basic premise is pretty simple myself rinesh and a few uh, noteworthy brethren will come on the show we will read uh, you know before coming to the show we will read a certain chapter from a very important book and i'm sure a lot of people would have even heard the name of that book so we will read that as part of a groundwork and we will discuss and talk about our perspectives as masons and share our anecdotes or our you know basic takeaway from that particular chapter now to get you guys more interested i will really uh, i will reveal the name of the book it's morals and dogma however the brethren who will join us i will reveal their names in our next episode so look forward to the next one until then thank you so much have a good day bye bye shishir signing off and renesh thank you bye thank you all and that's a wrap we thank you for your time and hope that we have been able to present to you the true light of masonry in yet another way please continue to watch out for more episodes from the ashlers by subscribing to our channel on most of the popular podcasting platforms links are in the show notes and also feel free to email us at the ashlers podcast at gmail.com your encouragement is what keeps us motivated above all as proud hosts of india's first and only free masonic podcast we wish you all the very best and until next time the ashlers signing off